Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. And make sure to join JJ and Alex 3 to 6 at the 9th Annual Salt Lake Off-Road and Outdoor Expo at the Mountain America Expo Center. Check out all the cool stuff. Get great deals while getting in some off-road land use. Get your tickets at S-L-O-R-E-X.com. That's S-L-O-R-E-X.com. Kids 12 and under get in free. Now you'll take that. Nothing wrong with that at all. All right, David Locke's going to join us coming up here in just a moment. Uh, David uh, sent out a tweet the other day, was flying, and uh, got cranky. Some dude next to him took off his shoes. You're not a take-your-shoes-off guy on an airplane, are you? No, I, I just don't even start the flight with them on, so that's the Oh, there you go. Just barefoot the whole way through the terminal. <laughs> it's alarming when somebody introduces it mid-flight, but if it's – there from the get-go, it's just not as hard to deal with, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not okay. People, keep your shoes on. Nobody, nobody, wants to see, nobody wants to see your bare feet in an airplane sitting next to you. Um, Jazz and Hawks coming up tonight. Uh, you'll hear the game right here on The Zone with David Locke on the call. Should be a fun one for sure. Uh, Jazz is... Hans mentioned a favorite. You're not going to see that a lot this year throughout the remainder of the season, but still a game on the road, and you don't see you don't see the Jazz favorite on the road, but that is the case tonight against the Hawks. Let's get to it. Time for our weekly conversation with David Locke. How and uh... It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke joins us now. So, David, the guy just took his shoes off and just looked around and said, what are you guys going to do about it? My shoes are off. Deal with it. That's not okay on an airplane. You seem perfectly comfortable with that, right? But we haven't even taken off yet. Like, it was the first move of the flight. Wow. And it wasn't thorough? Uh, no, I was not. I didn't fly with the team yesterday. I went. Uh, I did a little, uh, I, I flew to Arizona to watch my daughter play a college golf tournament. And the first thing in the morning, and then I flew after she was done, I flew to Atlanta. Look at you hanging out with I the little little, people and I coach. I took a little personal, personal journey to go watch, go watch my kid play. Yeah. How was the uh, how was the first year of college athletics going? She's killing it. She's thriving. It's kind of crazy. She's way better than Dad ever thought she was going to be. If we're being totally honest, Dad did Dad did not expect what is happening right now for her. She has got the right coach in the right place at the right school at the right time, and. I don't know. Hans can probably speak to this having been an athlete. I think there's something very interesting about goal setting with athletes and kids that 
she had goals, most of which were to play Division One golf at a major school, at a major conference around other great athletes in a school that, like, in a town, she talked about, like, in a city that kicked town that cared about it. And so that was her goals. And if I look back on the last few years of her junior golf, like, her goals weren't to win – like she never wrote down a goal to like win a local tournament or to win certain turn. Only one local tournament did she ever write down a goal to win that she did. Like it was just really interesting. So like she got to where her dream was and wanted to be great there. And that's been really, really good. And I think there's something to like the goal never was to like go to a junior tournament and play well or to do anything like that. Those just weren't, didn't seem to be important in the goal setting. And so then she never did. I don't know. Super interesting to watch. I'm, I'm stunned by the, I'm not making a lot of sense here. I'm stunned at her performance thus far in college. It doesn't totally jive with how she played prior to college. So I'm trying to figure out how can you get somewhere in like in a span of, frankly, a month, become a totally different player. Well, let's talk about the jazz she's goals. Under par, she's gone under par in probably five 18 hole college rounds. She had not gone under par in 18 months. Before going to college, wow. that's crazy. That's crazy. Hans and Scotty, ninety-seven-five, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locks with us. So uh, weird seeing Quinn on that. I mean, you know, on that other bench. I know it's it's been a minute, but still, it's got to be a little weird vibe seeing him over there on uh, coaching a team wearing a different jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. On a personal note, this will like. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really weird. Um, like I've actually, I don't usually think about what I'm asking the opposing coach for questions very often, and it keeps running through my head like, "Oh, I'm asking Quinn today." Like, and like as though like I don't know what to ask him. Like, um, you know, I haven't. He and I were pretty close, and I haven't seen him since I said goodbye to him at his house, whatever, probably you know, 18 months ago or whatever it is now, um, or more. So, um. Yeah, I, I think it'll be weird. I've watched enough of it on television. He and his red glasses, but I'm pretty used to that. Um, but I, and the team's weird to me. Like, actually, the weirdest thing to me is watching them. They don't look to me at all like the Quinn Snyder team, and they haven't since he took over. Um, it feels like they're running about a fourth of their playbook that we're used to seeing. I, I don't know if that's because of the personnel or if Quinn's had a philosophical change or, or what the reason is, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't watch them and go, oh, that's a Quinn Snyder team. Like, it doesn't really look like it. Is Jordan Clarkson the last from the Quinn Snyder era on this roster? Yeah, the, the only, right? It's incredible. Two-year there's, turnover. There's no one else, roster. right? No, not that I can – Scotty and I were just brainstorming on it. I think Jordan Clarkson's the only one. Yeah. Well, we all talked to Jordan at practice today because he was the only one. I mean, John Collins is – you know, it's interesting because it's almost like here – Maybe not for us, but here the bigger story is John Collins' homecoming. Yeah. He was six years ago drafted by this team and or seven years ago and fan favorite for a long time and part of their part of their Eastern Conference final run that they had and I, I don't think they've got much more than like he doesn't you know, Bogey he said Bogdan Bogdanovich was his kind of buddy. They lived in the same complex and they would do things and they had a little bit of a relationship. But if you go back to you know, John Collins and look at like their Eastern conference playoff run against 
when they beat Philadelphia game seven, he has that big game seven for them. Big double-double, played 41 minutes, and then they lose to Milwaukee. I mean, you talk about turnover in the league. Like, go look at their roster. It's not totally – you would think a team that's been to the Eastern Conference Finals somewhat regularly would have somewhat of a similar roster. Trey Young is is still there. Um, but if you go to their game six loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in that game, um, you don't have a to- – you know, they don't have a ton of guys that are – still back even on the other team, frankly. You know, uh, Milwaukee's turned it over a good deal, but you know, Kevin Herter's gone. Clint Capella's still there. Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams, Chris Dunn was on that team, by the way. That Atlanta playoff team, very subtly, without people realizing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of guys, you know, there's pretty big turnover there, too. It's not like he's running into a bunch of buddies. I like uh, the amount of milk that the Oreo cookie of Taylor Hendricks is getting right now. There was some good moments against the Spurs where I'm like, okay, all right. I I think there's some really good growth and development here. And it's raw. There's still a long way to go. But overall, your impression on what you're seeing from Taylor as a starter? I think it's a great – I mean, I think exactly. I'm with you. I'm actually noticing – what I noticed today at shoot-around – was I thought Taylor, and I haven't seen shoot around a little bit. We didn't shoot around before a game because of schedule the other day because of the early Sunday game. So, and also we haven't been on the road, and I have a closer proximity to things that shoot around on a road game than I do at a home game. So this might be kind of minorly misleading. Um, but I would say um, there is a um, – I thought there was just a little bit more confidence – in him just the way he was like conducting himself at practice today just the way he just kind of belong he just you know he's like i think he might belong a little feels like he might belong a little bit more um if that makes sense or he's comfortable like oh i don't have to be sheepish about the fact i'm in the starting lineup he just i don't know the way he moved around went through the defensive drills it's minor but i i thought it was um I thought it was inter- I thought it was an interesting step for him um, today. That I just thought he's going to play with a little bit more confidence every single day for the next little while, and we'll see how it, what happens. Hey, David, could you clarify the Utah Jazz first round pick in the draft situation? This just this upcoming draft is. I've seen some different conversations with where the Jazz could end and and in the lottery and in that moment. And the two picks that they picked up, I think it was, what, 28 and 30 or something like that. Can you kind of just clarify where they stand with first-round picks coming up in this next draft? All right, so our pick goes to Oklahoma City unless it falls 1 through 10. And at the current time, we're 11th, Right. Isn't that right? We're 11. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Atlanta's 10th, ironically enough. So tell me what you're rooting for tonight. Um, just to really confuse everybody. So that's the way it falls right now. If the pick, and this is where it gets kind of questionable about what you want or don't want. If the pick goes to the Jazz, so it falls between 1 through 10 and the Jazz get the pick. Then next year... The pick is again Oklahoma City's right unless it's one the Jazz are one through ten again. 
I don't think Jazz fans want to be one through ten again. I don't know if the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz front office particularly wants to be one through ten again. If for some chance in 2025 we're one through ten, then it goes in 2026. The protection drops to one through eight. And if it's nine or beyond, nine through 30, it goes to Oklahoma City. Hmm. Now, if we don't go to Oklahoma, if it doesn't go, if, if for the next three years we draft inside eight on all three of them, 10, twice, and eight the third time, it actually becomes two seconds. But I don't think there's any intention of, by the Jazz to, like, particularly try to be there the next few years. If you happen to be there, you happen to be there. Bad luck strikes. But the the question then, you know, so, so that's the, the question is, you know, dude, the other thing that's interesting about this is the jazz have a pick swap in 2025 with both Cleveland and Minnesota. Oh, excuse me. In 2026. We have pick swaps, both Cleveland and Minnesota. Well, you can't pick swap a pick you don't have. So in a perfect world, you want to get, I mean, if, and this is just David Locke's opinion, and I don't know, this is my opinion, and I don't know where you stand on this. I don't actually, I actually have not figured out the right answer here. I do not. (laughs) I'm opinionless on this. I was hoping you could square it away a little bit. Well, I, I, okay, here's my opinion. And and granted, there's always going to be a stud in the draft that you don't know about. There's always a, you know, a, a Greek freak or whoever that, you know, falls and, ends up being a stud, but I would rather just convey it and just be done with it and not worry about pick swaps in two years or, or any of the thing. you know, you've got, uh, you got three rookies on this team. I would rather just convey the thing now and just be done with it. So they can still do that inside that top 10. They no, no, no. I would say stay no. at 11, no. 11 up and just stay where you're at right now and then just get rid of the drama and just be done and out from underneath it. So my instinct is the opposite of that. But really, my my instinct is at this point you might as well go get the pick and hope that in the off season you can make some moves so that you're 15th or 18th or 20th next year. We have two first round picks next year. We have both Cleveland and Minnesota's next year. So yeah. I think my instinct is that you keep this year's pick and then have a and we also have a new first-round pick this year. But have and have the pick, we'd have two first-round picks, one late, one early. It's a weird draft. If you have somebody you really like, maybe you can use some of those assets to move up a little bit to find someone you really, really like. And you're guaranteed to have two first-round picks next year, so I'd probably rather convey next year. Well, the only thought behind that for me is if – I can make a couple of moves, strengthen the team, and convey next year at nineteen or twenty instead of giving up eleven. You know, I agree. You know that—that's where I am. Yeah, I can understand that, but I, I also understand Scotty because you're looking at it like, okay, well, what's our pool of picks? Well, we want to make sure that we're available next year, and if that's being unavailable this year, then fine. But let's make sure we're available next year with that pick. So I. I can see both ends, but I would probably fall in that category of not wanting to convey at 11, but wanting to convey at, you know, 18 below. 
um, if I if I've got to move that pick to OKC. So, um, so I I would tell you that I, um, yeah. I, I, the other one is actually I don't know that we will actually have a um, statement. Like I don't know if we'll have a choice on this. Have you looked at our final seventeen games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it might be a moot point. Tonight, yeah. Right. If like if you want to play a fun little game for a second, go look at our schedule and try to figure out how many more games. I'm surprised we're favored tonight. I heard you just say that. I, I, I was really surprised to hear that. Um, how many more times are we favored this year? Uh, not a lot. I, I would say two or three at the most. Fav- we're not favored again on this road trip, right? No, no, no. I, okay. I don't think it'd be favored against Are Orlando. We favored, we're favored at home against Washington and probably against Chicago. Probably. Right? I would assume if we're favored tonight, we're favored at home against Atlanta on March 14th, 15th. Yep. yep. And then I don't know if you're favored again. Home against San Antonio on the 27th. And maybe home on the 29th against Houston. Maybe. So I think we're favored five, maybe six more times the rest of the season. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that gets you, if you win those, lose the others, you're at 32. I think 32 gets you inside the 10. That's tough. I mean, you play Minnesota twice, play Dallas twice, play Golden State twice, play Denver twice. (laughs) It's tough. The whole whole finish. You are. I mean, you're up two on the win column in Houston and Atlanta. Like, they could could drive it pretty. Now, Houston doesn't have their pick, so Houston's incentivized to win. I don't think that pick's protected. Right? Houston's got Houston – um, Houston's pick, I believe, is only protected one through four. So they're conveying their pick to Oklahoma City. So Houston's incentivized to win games at this point of the season. They, they have no incentive to lose. Brooklyn sends their pick to Houston, ironically enough, the eighth pick of draft. And I believe that's completely unprotected in the James Harden trade. So Brooklyn's incentivized to win. Toronto sends their pick to San Antonio, if I am correct, the seventh pick of the draft. And that one, interestingly enough, is protected one through six. So I think you could see a pretty hard tank by Toronto. And I don't think there's any way the Jazz five wins ahead of Toronto can catch Toronto. Even if we tanked, like, lost every game the rest of the way, I don't think, I don't think Toronto wins five more games this year. So I do think, though, because Brooklyn and Houston are not incentivized to lose, that Atlanta and Utah could slide to 8-9 very easily. Hmm. Atlanta, interestingly enough, right now is in the play-in tournament. I don't think that changes their draft status, though, unless they suddenly make the playoffs. Then it does. When they're playing, Yeah. I know right, that they're in the play in tournament, so if they were to if they were to win and make the eight, then that changes their draft status, I believe. I know we're a ways away from really getting down into it, but uh from the GMs and the people that you talk to, is the draft as bad as ever as uh 
some of the talking heads make it out to be? I think it's the silliest concept. I just, I don't believe this concept at all. Here, let's go to the 2020 draft for a second. I did this today. This was fun. Okay? So, 2020 draft had Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, who were all supposed to be amazing, right? That draft was like, Anthony Edwards is really good. He's going to be all pros. Number one pick. Wiseman, bust. LaMelo Ball, eh, I love him, but I'm not sure, right? The next picks in this draft were Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, Aneko Kongu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Denny Advita, and Jalen Smith. <laughs> That's the end of the top 10. 12 is Tyrese Halliburton. 21 is Tyrese Maxey. 25 is Emmanuel Quickly. 28 is Jaden McDaniels. And 30 is Desmond Bain. Yeah. Should have been a jazz like, man. Just find but... the talent. Yeah. Well, right. and I think. Doka has a bouquet, 27. We'll never. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, and, I... and we traded, like, we can do it. We can talk about the two moves that, you know, hey, on the, you know, on the, the two moves that, like, forever were, like, you know, happened at the same time. We drafted a Doka as a bouquet, and we signed Derek Favors, and then had to trade Derek Favors to get out from under his contract, and that's why we're in the quandary we were in. So. Yep. Yeah. And those are all fair, honest conversations to have, and we've had them at multiple times on the show. Um, I, I do think, and Ryan Smith, I, I, I mean, I think he hit it on the head. It's like it's not about where we draft; it's how we draft, you know. And that's that's the bottom line. There's talent to be had out there. Yeah, you just have to be good at identifying. Draft, it. Like, right? If it's a bad draft, then in theory, the pick we just got for Simone Fontecchio becomes Jaden McDaniel's. And if we're trying to save our pick to get the ninth pick, it's Denny Advita. <laughs> That's that might be your best line of the uh, of the interview right there. That's spot on. Uh, I didn't have any other good ones, so yeah. Oh, that's not true, David. Uh, always a pleasure. Have a great call tonight, man. Thanks, David. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Sounds good, David Locke, right here on ninety-seven five VKSL Sports Zone. As uh, I'm here in Fresno, California, it's Utah State, Fresno State coming up tonight. Hands, I know you're hanging out at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. All kinds of goodies, uh, all the candy, all the jazz gear, all that stuff you could possibly want. We'll just give it to you for free just for coming by. Again, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown on Automall Drive there in Sandy. But more importantly, I want you to get in one of these Mazdas and just take it for a test drive. Go test drive the 5. I love driving that 5. It's a fun vehicle to drive, especially if you get the turbo option attached to it. That sucker is going to just get up and down I-15 like it's nothing. If you want something a little bit bigger, they've got the 90 with the third row. Uh, you've got something a little bit uh, bigger, the 50. I'm telling you, whatever you need a vehicle to do, you can find it at uh, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Now, that also includes your $2,500 off that Jake's giving you right now. We have not heard from Jake. And frankly, Hans, I don't know if you've seen Jake. They may have stashed him in a closet somewhere and uh, might be waterboarding him right now after he made that <laughs> announcement on the air. 2,500 was the most I've ever heard. And he did leave right after he said it. 
Yeah. So I'm saying you better get down there and take advantage of it because Jake might be in a whole world of trouble, but he's going to honor it. So you're going to get the $2,500 off. You're going to get the forever warranty. You're going to get all the rebates and promotions that go along with it. They've got interest rates as low as 0%. They've got incredible lease options as well. You owe it to yourself. I just want you to test drive it. If Mazda has not been on the top of your mind, that's cool. I understand that. So they want to earn it, earn your business. So get down there and take one for a test drive, and you're going to be surprised at how great those vehicles are. It's Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Ryan Smith, Jazz and RSL owner, join us right here on The Zone. On the local ownership piece, I've been super fortunate to be invited to be a part of a lot of different ownership groups outside of the state of Utah. I'm interested in Utah sports. I'm not interested in Premier League overseas. I'm not interested in hockey teams outside of Utah. If it's in Utah, that's what I care about. And I care about building the brand and being able to tell a good story and do things that haven't <laughs> ever been done here in Utah. Our fan base is fanatical, and that's a good thing we're fortunate to have people who really care in this state about our sports and i wouldn't trade that we know what it feels like to win in utah it's better than anything <laughs> and anywhere else and there's nothing i want more than to be able to let this fan base have that in everything we do catch dj and pk mornings from six to ten presented by murdoch hyundai utah's number one hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll get to that just here in a moment, but we got some business to take care of, like giving away jazz tickets. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz Tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. Caller 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You'll win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Wizards at the Delta Center coming up on March 4th. And again, we'll be giving away tickets at 30 past the hour all day long, all throughout the season on your Jazz Ticket Tuesdays. All right, Hans, we'll start with the good. Good, the bad, the ugly, brought to you by RGS Exteriors and Construction, obsessed with quality results. I like this because Monty Williams, it's always great. I, I love when head coaches in the NBA show a little bit of emotion and a care factor, especially when it's Detroit that just suffered their 49th loss of the season Detroit has just been horrible but they keep fighting and this sound and this moment from Monty kind of brought it back to make sense to me just how hard these guys are working to get wins so last night the Pistons are taking on the Knicks they're in Madison Square Garden and the Pistons had a one-point lead with 10 seconds left they get possession of the ball, and Dante DiVincenzo, who I absolutely love, I love that play. I love his hustle. He comes across the court, and he runs right into Ozer Thompson's legs, just blows him up, runs right in his legs. I know you've seen the film, Scotty. Yeah. Lloyd, I know you've seen it, and he just just kills him, just wrecks him. Well, Ozer loses the ball, and New York is able to – scoop it up. Jalen Brunson ends up with it. He pushes it 
up the court to Josh Hart. Josh Hart lays it up and gets an and one. And instead of being up one with 10 seconds, now they're now they're down a couple after the and one and with like two seconds left. And they end up losing. It should have been a foul. It should have been a call. It was obvious that DiVincenzo went at his legs. It was obvious it was a foul. And Monty Williams, the head coach of the Detroit Pistons, loses his mind in the postgame. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. He pushes away from the table at that point, Scotty, and he leaves the press conference, and that was it. He just sat down with a message, and he'll get fined, and then it'll all blow over, and it'll all go away, and then they'll keep treating Monty Williams and his young team extremely poorly. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. The crew chief, James uh, Williams, did admit afterwards that they screwed up. He said, uh, upon post-game review, we determined that Thompson gets the ball first and then was deprived of the opportunity to gain possession of the ball. Therefore, a loose ball foul should have been whistled on uh, DiVincenzo. (laughs) Well, that helps. That's nice. Thanks for that. doesn't change the game. And uh, Monty's over there like, okay, well, that, if anything, that gives me a little salt in the wound that you just admitted you screwed us over. Watching uh, Asar Thompson when, when DiVincenzo runs into his legs, <laughs> Asar's like, so, okay, been doing uh, this basketball thing a long time. He just blew up my legs. I, uh, What do we do? And, and by the way, that possession where Bronson gets it and fires it forward to Hart, Hart gets the layup in the and one, it was like I think Detroit was kind of standing around like, oh, yeah, what? What? <laughs> Everybody knew that should have been a call. The possession should have been given back, and it should have been reset. But, man, play continued, and props to the Knicks. They capitalized on their moment, that, that given moment. You know, Brunson was smart enough. He didn't hear a whistle. He fired that thing forward and, and took care of business. All right, Hans and Scotty, uh, let's get to it. Uh, there's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Well, Scotty, this one is interesting to me. Um, And I think that there's a much larger picture that encapsulates what just happened with LeBron James, which, by the way, the last I looked, he deleted these tweets. Yeah. Uh, Are they gone? They're gone, aren't they? Yeah, he's deleted them. Okay, so LeBron James has been very vocal about his son, Bronny, being an NBA-ready player. In fact... If I'm not mistaken, there was sound out there of LeBron James saying that he could play for the Lakers right now. Because I remember thinking, hey, if I'm a teammate, I'm like, 
hey, dude, calm down with your son. Yeah. Like, we get it. It's your son, and that's nice. But LeBron James was very vocal about Bronny's chances of being in the NBA. Well, ESPN drops him off their big board. He falls down to like 36th or 39th or something like that. So he falls out of the first round, and everybody starts chirping. Ha, bro, Bronny isn't NBA ready. And, and LeBron James fires out a tweet. He said, can you all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. Well, LeBron, you're the one that plastered him into the public. Yeah. You're the one that has put the pressure on him. You're the one that's been extremely vocal of what his skill set is and what he could currently be doing and and I just, Scotty, I don't know. This, this one hits home to me just a little bit because it's so tough because you're so proud of your kids. And you want to promote them and you want to talk about them and you want to blow them up and you want to tweet about it. But every time you do that, it just puts pressure on your kid. And with one comment from LeBron James, the entire world hears it. And the pressure is on. Yeah. The pressure is on. But now this tweet makes LeBron again look like a hypocrite and that's been one of the biggest issues of lebron in the last 10 years he continually says things that look really stupid a year or two later or sometimes even quicker he says things and he gets himself in a bind and it's completely hypocritical and that's why and I know that there was a, a really big stomp down of just shut your mouth and dribble or just shut your mouth and play football, you know, basically going at the athletes and saying, hey, just shut your mouth and just do your job. And I know that everybody smacked it down and yelled it down. And they, these are people, too, with opinions. Well, this is the point that that makes. When you're that vocal, sometimes you're wrong. When you're that vocal, oftentimes you're wrong. And when you are proven wrong, then you look really stupid. So it's not that you need to shut your mouth and dribble. What I would say is just be more careful, be more selective. Don't go at a beat writer. And, Scotty, you know the the story I'm talking about with LeBron James. Don't go at a beat writer and use his name in a very hot-button topic. Leave him susceptible to death threats and everything else that came with it. Don't don't do that. Like, just be more selective. I'm not telling you to shut up and dribble. Just say better things because when you've got to delete a tweet because you're like, oh, that's right, I did plaster Bronny's names everywhere. I guess I should. I'm the one that should let him be a college basketball player. How stupid am I? And he had to delete the tweets because he knows. Yeah. Well, and that's the you know it's it's interesting because I I res- look we, you and I have opinions on things worldwide and sometimes we share them and sometimes we keep them to our, ourselves but we also have to understand that if we share an opinion outside of sports that we're going to be held accountable seems like a weird word but like 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 for example like i if i get on the air and you've heard me i i lash out on guys that get duis and and it, it ticks me off and it's personal for me and and it makes me upset but then if i get pulled over drunk i lose the ability 
to get on the air and say that stuff anymore. Like, I can't do that anymore because I'm a hypocrite, okay? I, I cannot throw an athlete under the bus for getting a DUI because I myself have done something stupid. Like, you, you can't do that anymore. And and so I'm okay with LeBron. Look, have your I'm okay with any athlete having your opinion, but just know if you have your opinions on civil right issues and all this other stuff, but then all of a sudden Daryl Morey sends out a tweet about Hong Kong and you're like, hey, we got to be smarter than this. We can't mm. do that. And, and you know, we, mm. we got to respect our partners. And then all of a sudden you're popping up on Taco Bell ads in China. Well, okay. Well, we understand that your motive isn't civil rights in China or Hong Kong. It's because you're making money in China and you want to protect that, that financial revenue. So when you start picking and choosing what you're going to be on your soapbox on, just know people are going to call you out when you act like a hypocrite. You know, when you you say this thing, but then all of a sudden you're in bed with a company that's got, you know, kids in sweatshops. So yeah. just don't be upset when people call you out when you're a hypocrite. Say whatever you want. I don't care. Do whatever you want. But just know you're going to get that backlash, and then you can't be like, well, why is everybody upset with me? I'm No, okay, because the, the theme's not the same. You just can't cherry pick what you want to be, uh, what you want to be, uh, take very seriously and then other things you just want to sweep under the rug like that's not important because i'm making millions of dollars on that but over here i'm not making millions so i'm going to stand up for that it's just that's that's the world you have to live in and you have to be prepared to live in it if you're going to be outspoken like that or you could be like michael jordan and say well everybody buys sneakers so i'm going to keep my mouth shut and just enjoy the revenue that comes in and and everybody is going to enjoy my shoes and then i'll just keep quiet There's a reason that people go that way. There's more professional athletes that go that way than go LeBron's way. And I would get tired of it. If I'm LeBron, I would get tired of it real fast. Every time there's some type of social conversation, some type of, um, uh, I don't know, political battle, they run to LeBron, and it's like, what do you think? What do you think? And and now he's answered a few times, and now he's got his stance, and now he feels like he's got to continue to answer, and it's tough. And, you know, and this thing with Bronny, I feel bad for Bronny. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, I just feel bad for Bronny. And here's the thing. LeBron should have known that we all would have protected Bronny. Yes. You know, we, we, we all would have said, oh, it's okay. Just put him back in the oven for a minute. <laughs> let, him, let him bake for another 20. He'll be all right. Like, okay, so he's not as good as everybody thought. I didn't think he was as good as everybody thought because USC couldn't get a win anyways. So it's like man, he, he was 2-2-2 two, two, and two from the floor. He had 2.2 two rebounds, 2 assists the other night. Like, USC is not good. And, you know, you start looking at it like, okay, well, he needs to cook for a little while. That's fine. Like, yeah. we, we would have all defended. You don't need LeBron who put Brawny front and center every time he walked out on a court and, and decided to walk out and, you know, even during a national anthem with the family. Like, every time you see him representing with the family, it's like Brawny is very front and center. He has talked about wanting to play with Brawny. He's talked about him being a draft pick, about him being able to play for the Lakers. And then you can't go back to the media and be like, everybody just stop. Can you let a kid just enjoy college basketball? It's like, all right, LeBron, that's you, bud. You're going to have to let him enjoy it. Yep. 
All right, 1251, Hanson Scotty, uh, another edition of Whole World News coming up next right here on The Zone. You need to see this Jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy! Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win Jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away Jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got got the the whole world in our hands. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. The great Greg Rubel will join us coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now. Talking BYU and Kansas. But, Hans, before we get to it, it's time for another edition of Whole World News. Well, Scotty, you know how much I love Florida. It uh, is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely love it. And then I see events like this, and I wonder if I want to be a part of it. <laughs> they had the first ever Florida Man games in St. Augustine, Florida, which St. Augustine is gorgeous, beautiful part of Florida. But the Florida Man games, well, let me just give you a couple of the events. They've got a mullet contest. So best mullet wins a certain amount of points. They've got a weaponized pool noodle mud duel. So you get in a big old pool of mud and, and you duel out with a pool noodle. They've got the Florida sumo event where two men hold uh, in each hand, they hold beers, and the last man to spill the beer is the winner. They actually got law enforcement involved. It's evading arrest obstacle course where actual officers chase you through an obstacle course, and it's the person to evade law enforcement the longest gets uh, awarded a point. They got the Florida Man Beauty Contest, so just how good-looking uh, a man that you possibly are. And um, if you get the most points of all these events, then you win $5,000. They charged uh, just over 100 people, $55 a ticket to come in and watch it. And apparently uh, the two celebrities that were there, get ready, get ready for this. The two celebrities that were in attendance, Nitro and ice from the oh. old Ameri- American gladiators. <laughs> wow. That's really bringing in the heavy hitters. So, I don't know. There's a part of me that's embarrassed about it because of how much I love Florida. Then there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I might be in this event in two years. Like th- this might be something I fly down to Florida in February just to, to show my wares, man. Well, I mean, this is not something you just buy a ticket to hands. This is something you need to compete in. Well, I just saw that you entered into a smoking competition. Maybe my calling is the Florida Man Games. There we go. I'll, I'll cook a little barbecue. You cook. You go down there and evade police, and uh, let's 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 see let's see how we do. I'm going to start growing out my skullet right now. I'm going to start growing out my skull. I can't do the mullet, but I can do a skullet. Yeah. <laughs> We're down at uh, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. I'm actually here in Fresno, California. Hans is down there at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. I want you to get down. Jeff and the crew. All right, Jeff, uh, 
here's the thing. Jake came on the air and said that he's given $2,500 off, and now he's mysteriously disappeared. I don't know if you got a back room somewhere where there's some crazy uh, uh, torture going on where he's getting lashed for whatever he said, but I just want to make sure. Are we still good on the $2,500? Yeah, that's exactly what he just got through telling me right before I came on. He's like, yeah, we're doing $2,500 on any new car right now. That's the most that he's done. Yeah, that's that, in, it's, it's incredible. It's that, insane. That's the most I'd heard of. Yeah, we've got the inventory. Uh, that's what he mentioned. He said that you had 60-some-odd cars that were dropped off just recently. Mm-hmm. He said that's your, correct. Your lot is stocked. Yes, sir. Hey, take us through it. Like if somebody's coming out uh, maybe sometime this week or this weekend, take us through how a test drive works for somebody. How difficult is it? Super easy. Super easy. They just come into the, come into the dealership. And uh, talk to one of our product specialists, let them know what they're looking for, and then we'll, uh, we'll take them out and show them, take them for a test drive and, and show them all the features that we have with different cars. So they can jump in a 55, jump in a 90? Yeah, they could jump in. Get a, on and off the freeway? Yes, sir. As long as, long as of a test drive they want to go for um, and figure out what, you know, what they like about the cars. We've got lots of different models. We've got sedans. We've got uh, SUVs. I was also surprised when Jake was telling me that you've got new models out on the lot that you can get into $200 a month? Yes, sir. We are. And right now they're even doing on leasing. Uh, Mazda's paying first payment. They're waiving the first payment. (laughs) There's high incentives, aren't there? There is, yes. The inventory is back. Correct. And the market is different. Yes. And just so everybody out there understands, if you're looking for a new car, $2,500 off. We're talking about $200 leasing options. We're talking about all kinds of amazing incentives because that's where we're at right now with new cars. Yeah, we have not seen the, the kind of incentives that Mazda is offering right now. We haven't seen it in a really long time. Wow. I'm telling you, you got to get down there. And remember, all these new vehicles and probably, what, about 90 95% of your used inventory has that forever warranty attached to it too, correct? That is correct. Yes, uh, it's uh, the home of the forever warranty with the, with the Tim Daly Group. Well, and they give that to you free of charge. So get down there, say hi. Hans has got the freebies, and then you get a test drive and check out these Mazdas. Tim Daly Mazda Southtown on Audemars Drive there in Sandy, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.